This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 485, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
WEI Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 485. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. That's my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hip, hip. And we are a fanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite comic. We call that one the Pick of the Week. It's exciting. I know. It's a very complicated setup we have here, Josh. If you don't know it by now, God help you. <laughs> we'll talk about that book, other books, talk about other stuff, get your emails in. We're still doing Josh's art questions, which we'll be doing for a while. We should have a oops, sorry. Uh, we should uh, have a like a, a theme music. We shouldn't a stinger. Yeah, Josh's art questions. We could. No, that's. I might that's do it while uh, in the in the post process, and you won't, all right. you won't know about it. Okay, that's fine. It'll be fun, fun time. Alan's big question. <laughs> Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers, so exercise some caution because some things happened this week worth spoiling. Josh. Yeah. You had the pick of the week. You do Alan Partridge type stingers. Those always make me laugh. <laughs> Alan's deep bath. It's for some of our nerdy U.S. listeners and our uh, older uh, U.K. listeners. Anyway, pick of the week this week is Rebels number two because screw you, U.K. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> built them up in one hand, then you smacked them down with the other one. That's that's how we do. Yeah, this is one of those weeks. I actually read. I read a lot of pretty good books. I was mm-hmm. reading through a, a lot of them. Yes. Uh, I think I had ten books from Image. Ten from Image. A lot. And, uh, and I was sort of trudging my way through the pile, and I thought to myself, you know what? These, these books are pretty good. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things. But as we know, comics tend to do a lot of the same things over in slightly different ways and, and, and different things. And uh, it's not all that often that my favorite subjects of comics and U.S. history come together. Mm-hmm. It's almost never. It is, yeah. It, it, I find myself really excited um, that I really enjoyed the first issue of Rebels. I heard you guys talk about it when I was gone. Um, so when the second came out, I was very happy, and, uh, and I liked it. I was, it really was like, it felt like those old Vikings issues, which got better and better, and I'm sorry, Northlanders, um, which got better and better and better like, as you went through it. Right. And I'm just, ex- like the, the idea of doing that with the American uh, Revolutionary War gets me very excited. So we're talking about Rebels number two from Dark Horse Comics, written by Brian Wood, uh, art by Andrea Moody, and colors by Jordi Belera. I don't know how they snagged her, but she did well, Northlanders, she, she I think. She's got no work on her plate currently. It's true. And I listened to this podcast. This is going to be a diversion that's going to make sense. And it's called Backstory. And there was a, it's a history podcast, and, and they had this one episode where they were talking about the Revolutionary War. It was a segment on why movies and TV shows or whatever about the Revolutionary War never work. Because there aren't any good ones. Like if you can, like you can sort of. Do they, go, not, well, was, they don't count uh, John Adams, I guess. I don't think so. But well, that, that worked is in the, a big way. It was, but that was the best one. It also didn't really focus on the war. You're right, and that is that is like the exception, and I would love more of that. But to think, think the thing is that I was thinking about is that all of the U.S. history, Revolutionary War kind of stuff that I've ever read has been nonfiction in novel form, and that miniseries is just. A very good adaptation of that, you know, it's not like the Patriot or or Last of the Mohicans is close. It's before the Revolutionary War. So anyway, what I'm what I'm getting at is that there is a dearth of interesting stories in different media mm-hmm. about this period. I tried to watch that Turn show, and it, uh, it, that show should have been good. Yeah, I, the 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 second season uh, commercials have got me intrigued, but I know. can't. I, I watched the entire first season. Like, I could. Did you? I, I I I because every week I wanted it to be good because you you know and. Yeah, long-term listeners. This is one of our favorite periods of history. So I was like, okay, maybe no, okay, maybe yeah. no, okay. <laughs> and then eventually, I was like, I, no. 
<laughs> I, I give. I give. It's, it's so... That all being said, um, what we've got here is a pre-revolutionary period. This is before 17... Is, is it 1776? It's before Washington well, went to we've Boston. We've had a time jump since the first issue. Yeah. Of a little, at least a couple of years, so yeah. I don't know where we, where we are right now. I think it's before the Declaration was actually signed. We're, we're not there yet, because this is all the stuff that is sort of happening ahead of time. You'd explain it a little bit. Basically, uh, Albany, New York, took over um, part of quote-unquote New Hampshire, which is actually Vermont. Um, and the people who owned that land revolted against the British troops, and that's sort of what it was about. And so our main character signs on with Ethan Allen to uh, sort of drive them out of the area, and it works. Ethan Allen's so, my favorite historical name to say, and I don't know why. Because of uh, comfortable furniture. <laughs> but is there? I feel like there's a movie where they say his name really well, and it's just stuck in my head. Okay. Ethan Allen. I think it's the commercials about the wicker furniture. I don't myself. think it is. I mean, I know what you're talking okay. about, but... Anyway, he's just a man's name. Yeah, so our guy comes back, and he finds his wife on this homestead that they've earned, and, and she's living the hard life. You know, she's completely by herself, isolated in this beautiful piece of land, and, you know, she's doing all of the work. And I, and I thought to myself, that's awesome and beautiful everything. Winter is going to suck it, That was actually my favorite segment of the issue. Yeah. It was silent. It was a couple of pages of her just, to, what, is, what does it take to live yeah. one day by herself in this log cabin? And I thought it was really great. And that, to me, right there, nails why I, I am so interested in, in history of this kind. Mm -hmm. Because, relatively speaking, it wasn't that long ago. These people aren't really any different than we are. But their lives were so much different. It's changed so much in such a short amount of time that I find that fascinating. I love the, the, sh the panel of her holding her lower back, which mm -hmm. is a great way of showing that she's, you know, she's young. She's tw like 20, not even 20, yeah. I think. She's like I think he's 17. He's 17. Yeah, that... Even a young body is like, this. that was a hard day, and that's yeah. what every day is like. Right. So he comes back, and, and she's like, okay, so you're done with the thing that you signed up for, you got rid of him, everything's good, and he's like, oh! <laughs> There's a bigger thing happening. Yeah, and that's going to be the Revolutionary War, so he's signing up to, to fight the British and gain independence, and that is a hell of a stage to set. I, I love this. this. I actually quite like the first issue. I like this one even more than the first yep. issue. This is yeah, and that's, that was the thing that got me excited. Yes. Because uh, the first issue is kind of, you know, it's not easy, but it's the first issue, like, oh, it's a new thing, it's, it's cool. And then they come back with a second, and it, and it works, and that, that's really exciting. So this is, as we know, this is a six-issue mini, but it could be the first of many if it's, if it's successful. I'm, I can't even stifle a laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, really good-looking in no small art, part. Great art. I, I, I think to, to Jordi Belair's colors, but, uh, you know, uh, Moody really, you know, captures these characters and these faces. Although for a 17-year-old, he looks yeah. quite old. But I was, that was the only thing. The art is great on yep. the whole, but they in no way look 17, the, the yeah. main well, character. Well, it's a hard life back then. That's true. So, so who can say? Yeah, I'd like, as I'm looking through this whole second part, there's basically a, a nighttime raid on a barge. That was tense. Uh, they had to sink the barge yeah. that was full of... Giant one-ton stones that were being sailed south to build a fort for the British. Granite, granite, yeah. New Hampshire granite. And they had to fucking whack a hole in the side with an axe. And yeah. it doesn't like you can't just whack one hole and then you're going to sink the boat. It's like and whack, 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 whack while they're being shot at by loud. the British in the in the boat. It was stuff is loud out there on awesome the water. Scene. Yeah, yeah, and and the, uh, just the the lighting and the coloring from this is great. It's all sort of really toned down, almost black and white, except for the flame and the orange light, you know, that comes from that stuff. Do you feel yourself swelling with New Hampshire pride while you read this? Well, I'm not actually a, a native New Hampshireite. So? I mean, so I guess. I want to. It's like, I think it's like New York. You can't call yourself a New Yorker until you live there for 10 you years. Like you now understand the need to have a musket in your house? 
Oh, I mean, we all do, obviously. <laughs> for bears, right? You know, we don't. No, no, no. It's for just for liberals. <laughs> it's it's for anyone who wants to take our rights away. <laughs> I see. It, we that's that we don't label that. That's non-denominational. Right. It's anyone. Anyone, and and, and and also in any way. Right. Any sort of right confiscation that happens. <laughs> musket time. Will be. <laughs> We'll be met with musket fire. <laughs> so I love this book. And I, I really, <clears throat> excuse me, hope, uh, whoa. I'm getting I know really emotional about America. I know America chokes you up. Don't <laughs> tread on me. Drink some water there. Uh, I'm really hoping this will last beyond the six-issue point. Uh, I really hope, I mean, it would be crazy and wonderful if we could get even half of the amount of issues that Northlander's got. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, smart and it's human. Uh, it's engaging and it, you know, it has a, has a foot in uh, accurate history. There's no, it's not a vampire during the Revolutionary War. Well, we don't know. He looks kind of old. He could be immortal. Christ on a bike, will I revolt? <laughs> I just hope everyone who read Northlanders will give. Uh, I almost called it turn rebels a shot, uh, because it does have. You're right. It has that same vibe. Um, I'd even be fine with him jumping around time like he did with Northlanders, as long as he stayed a certain sure. period. Or and you know, different people, different. You know, this yeah. is one kind of experience we're in. This sort of they're almost in a frontier. They're in, or at least a wilderness. You know, like we all, we think of the north as in the northeast as sort of that's the the settled place. But oh, I, I don't think people have a real idea of how absolutely wild. You know, they've been here for less than a hundred years at this point. In a lot of places, uh, you know, absolutely living in the wilderness. Um, and there's so many stories to tell and so many things that can. And we know that Brian Wood has that in him to, to sort of take those different perspectives. I um, want he's, do, he's great I, at that kind of story. I want a arc later on that where Ethan Allen talks about his furniture hobby. Yeah. And he just talks about different chaise lounges <laughs> and love seats. Last time I went into one of those, prices. last time I went into those, it was all wicker. It was just <laughs> tons of wicker. Granted, that was a long time ago. They might have shifted. I'm going to see if we can get Ethan Allen to sponsor the show. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. <laughs> so uh, that, was, that was a great issue. That was a really, yep. really great issue. Um, but if you long-time listeners will also remember, there was a time many years ago where we told, and it wasn't even me, it was you and Ron and Tom Caters, told the tale of a really happy gorilla who got to shoot a machine gun in a war. That's an, <laughs> that's an old reference. This is a, in Astro City 23, we get the story of another gorilla, a gorilla who just wants to dr- play the drums, Josh, in a rock and roll band. So... Very likely this could have been the pick of the week. <laughs> we had just had a, an Astro City pick of the week, <laughs> right. and people know what we had to say about it, but it, it, made, a, it made a strong push. That's <laughs> what it. I can tell you about that. And you know what? Not even at first, because at first I was like, really going to name him Sticks? This is a little hokey. But then as it kept going on, I was like, okay, so basically what we have here is a, a Gorilla City gorilla. Yes. More or less. Right. He, he, he hears from the outside world. He hears popular music. He thinks, you know, that's the thing I want. Uh, this is maybe one of the only covers that I will endorse for having a selfie on the cover. Um, but I, I will let it go with this. Well, he's like a teenage gorilla, right? So he, yeah. he discovered rock and roll music on the internet. I love how the – so the, the gorillas, and we're just going to call it Gorilla City, uh, live <laughs> under a totalitarian warlike regime where they all have to serve in the army. Gorilla they're, Mountain. They're constantly training, and they're not allowed any outside influence, but some young gorillas with sticks and wood somehow get the internet and – he finds music and now he wants to just he, he escapes to the outside world because he wants to be a rock and roll drummer he's practically he had a drum set at, at, at home he built out of uh, whatever materials he had around I really they like are, that they whole are se- technologically advanced I like that whole uh, yeah. sequence and then uh, unfortunately 
his, his, his auditions, because they're in Astro City, keep getting interrupted by disasters. So Twice! Since he is a well-trained gorilla, he saves the day a couple of times and ends up being a hero while also just wanting to be a drummer. I really liked this. It's not a one-shot. We're going to continue on. I really liked it. And some, some, local, some local rocksters uh, invite him to stay with them on their floor. And he's like, okay, you know. And it's just, you know, he's hanging on Brooklyn. It's, it's totally cool. Sleep in a sleeping bag. I really like the, the flipping back and forth um, between his present and his past. You know, like when, when his drill sergeant is yelling at him all of a sudden. And he's right. sort of flashing back to what that was like. And uh, it was, you know, I saw the cover for the next, for the next issue. And I was like, yes. <laughs> also, I like to think of this as the backstory for that great, great Cadbury ad from a few years ago. You're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. My favorite ad of all time, which instantly made me think of that. He's been offered a membership in uh, Reflex 6 Super Team, which they already have six members, but they're willing to bring him on, and you know, one of the other ones is busy a lot. So I love that he wants to be a drummer, but he gets invited to be a superhero, and he's like, eh. I just want to be a drummer, man. Drummers are crazy. Doesn't need pants. He doesn't need pants, but he's got an awesome Doesn't little like, look. t-shirt and button-down shirt look going. Look at that cover for two, for twenty four. I know it's so much joy in it. It's so great. I, I loved it. It made me. It hit me in the happy place. There was nothing complicated about it. It was totally basic, but it didn't matter. No. It was, it was this gorilla wants to be a drummer. <laughs> that tiger wants to have a jetpack and wear a bow tie. <laughs> I don't see why these things have to be mutually exclusive. Why is it a problem? Why has it got to be a thing? It so, doesn't. So uh, last week we talked about Secret Wars number one. It was the pick of the week. This week we had Secret Wars number two. Which uh, I thought was even better than Secret Wars number one. I agree with you. This is where it starts getting really fun for me. Because this is the kind of stories I like. So in the, in the last issue, we talked about it at length, but it was, it was the, the Ultimate Universe and the 616 Universe merged. And then there was machinations with a bunch of different geniuses at Doctor Doom and Mr. Fantastic from the Ultimate Universe and Thanos. And, and what happened at the very end was that the universes collided together. And it said, you know, R.I.P. Marvel Universe, R.I.P. Ultimate Universe. And so we, we open this issue in what has formed after that collision. And it's, uh, it's a fun little Elseworldian type story in which there are different fiefdoms all ruled, ru- ruled by doom. There's a police force of Thors who are his uh, you know, law arm. And then you've got a bunch of Game of Thrones-esque courtroom scenes in which one fiefdom has got a problem with the other one and they have to they have to you know, figure out who's in the right. and I loved everything about this. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, this is him doing Grant Morrison. Yeah. But like a little more subdued. And also, I mean, clearly he's had a lot of time with these Fantastic Four characters, the Freedom Foundation, yes. Doom, to, to have a handle on that. I liked how it was set up and introduced where you're, you're sort of slowly you know, pulling back on this world. You start with the aspect of these, these Thor guys. Um, and it looks familiar, yeah, but recruit, something's not quite right. Recruit. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, it's it's not very different than like an Elseworlds or like like sixteen oh five was it? 16, you know, sixteen oh three, whatever one, whatever the game and one. Sixteen oh one, maybe. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you just take the characters and you you adjust things and you shift them around a little bit, but they are who they are. You know, S- Susan stands behind Doom and 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 cannot. Uh, whatever whatever she says goes. Uh, there's a map. We're on Battle World, is what it's called. Yeah, that's there was a map thing. at the end. That's yeah. big. Um, I liked it. It was fun. It, yeah, was, it was super way fun. more clear than whatever happened in the last one to me. And it was funny. I actually wanted to bring this. Somebody, somebody made a comment. Listen, you can make your comments. It's fine. Somebody said something along the lines of, 
they, people do this thing sometimes where the two of us will say something and then people will attribute the both of us as saying the same thing when right. we actually said the opposite things. Somebody said something along the lines of like, if you didn't know everything that came before Secret Wars, then you don't really have a place to comment on it. And I, I, I thought that was odd because it's Secret Wars number one, which is their big summer event yeah. thing. I should be able to understand it without ever having read a goddamn thing ever. Of course, and that's and I, that's, that's wrong. And that's wrong in in general for everything. Yeah, but but I mean, but so I I just was thinking about it in terms of like a of a criticism of a piece. You know, I think that's valid. If you're doing Secret Wars one, then you're expecting to bring new readers in. Therefore, it should be somewhat new yeah, reader friendly. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I guarantee Secret Wars one sold way more copies than Avengers did. So Any of those means, issues, which yeah. means. Uh, you know, you're looking at most people who read Secret Wars and number yeah. one didn't read the the story leading up to it. So, you know, in that sense, like, I, you know, the, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be familiar with these characters. I don't know what sort of sense it's going to make to you if you don't know who Stephen Strange is or you know Doom or anything. It still reads well. It's fine, but it won't give you the same right. special tickle, I suppose. Um, it was it was really fun. I don't understand where it's going to go or what's going to happen in the sense that like I don't really. I don't. I didn't read anything about what this event is supposed to be, so it's all new to me. I think it's going now to a bunch of battle world t- uh, mm-hmm. one shots. Like everybody, but, everybody's getting their own battle world issue. I'll tell you. You know, I got to the end of this and I looked at that list of things coming up, and I was like, "All right, let me see what I want to read here." Right. As opposed to previously, where I was like, "Eh, whatever." <laughs> so that you know, it it did its job. Great yeah. looking. Great looking. Really great looking. So I mean, I think at this point, then then Eastside B can. You can do uh, an issue a week now? Is that... Sure. I mean, that's, that's fair to assume, right? I think that's reasonable. Every artist should be able to do one a week. I don't see why they're being so lazy. <laughs> they're so lazy is like, the problem. One a week is like... You know, that's like the, the minimum amount you should be doing. Jack Kirby could have done that. Yeah, he could have done... Well, with his feet. It was nice to watch him uh, draw Thor's again, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was. Really, yeah, I was like, ooh. Thor Prime got fucked up. <laughs> so, uh, so this yeah. week in, in the midst of a lot of image books we had a new number one which is shocking I know <laughs> to, uh, from Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair who I guess got another job uh, <laughs> injection number one yeah uh, it wasn't pick of the week you may have noticed so there's that yes. and you may be wondering why okay first of all great looking just you know this is, this is uh, Declan doing some of the best work that I've seen him do. Him and Jordy obviously have a, a good rapport, and she's very good at coloring him, and they, they sort of work well together. It's really nice. This did feel uh, like I didn't... I don't think I found the hook on it yet. I didn't like almost anything about this. Really? Yeah, I didn't... The art, I mean, the art was good, but like mm-hmm. uh, this... A lot of these image number ones have been very much drop you in the midst of the story, and I actually like that normally, but this felt like... I had been dropped into a world where everyone spoke in jargon that I didn't understand. And I didn't understand the characters, the relationships, what was going on, what the stakes were, anything. And yeah. some, sometimes that's okay, but you, there used to be some element, as you said, some hook to, to bring you into the story. And I, I felt nothing but a stiff arm in the face every time I tried to feel some sort of emotional attachment to what I was reading. Yeah, it, it was it was it was a pretty basic sort of um, you know here are the people they don't want to be involved but they're gonna be, um, and so in that sense, I, I guess I was giving it the I'm giving it the giving it the benefit of the doubt because you know I know it's Warren Ellis so there's there's a there's it's probably gonna be pretty good once it gets going but I don't think as a first issue it was the strongest. 
Yeah, and I, normally that's correct. I just he's not always every once in a while he he'll write something that's I find mm-hmm. completely impenetrable, which other people may not, but I do. So I might give it another issue. I just didn't. I was really disappointed. I was really looking forward to it. I loved their work on Moon Knight together. Yeah. I'm generally a big Warren Ellis fan, so I re- you know, was looking forward to it and was very, very disappointed to not be able to re- relate to it. But You wanted to be excited. I wanted to be really excited and happy about it and be excited to talk about this new book that, you know, but... It felt... I don't, I don't think I know what it is yet. So that's, I have no that's idea a, what it is. Right. Well, so that's the thing that I'm like, okay, you know, this is... He's super spaced out the storytelling. I'm totally willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. But, um, you know, I, I can't sit here and say, like, wow, that was amazing. I can't wait. Because I, I, don't, I don't know that, uh, that I got hooked by it. Um, it felt like a very a lot of Hellblazer in there, which is a thing I like. I would love to see all these people do Hellblazer. But What would you describe as the story? I'm not sure. <laughs> there are, there's, like, a woman in, in an asylum, and, and they're trying to get her to come out. But she's, she's been messed up before, but they need her special talents. And they all have a tattoo... I don't know. Yeah. This, the, I liked the I liked the scene with the guy on the road. Like, there's something about you know the the secret magic that lurks below the heart of Britain. Like, mm-hmm. that's a kind of thing going on. Right. Um, which I find interesting. There's a it's a little Jonathan Jonathan Strange and uh, Mr. Norrell. There's yeah. a little of that kind of thing going on. Um, this, yeah. But I don't know. I can't put it all together because I don't know what it is. Okay, I might. I will probably give it one more issue, but yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was not happy. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, at the same time, Mythic Number One was out from Image. Also, this is written by Phil Hester, um, and with art by John McRae, who I was really happy to see. Um, and I thought it was it was great John McRae art. Um, hadn't seen in a while. This one was fairly standard concept sort of a group of guys who actually know what's going on beneath the surface. There is no science. It is actually all gods and magic. They recruit a new guy. We get to see what happens to him. It turns out that when there's a drought, it's not because of uh, meteorological forces. It's because the sky and the mountains have stopped banging. Well, someone get them to bang because we are out of water. Well, that's what they do. That's, that's literally what they're Marvin doing. Someone get Marvin Gaye up in here. So one of the moisture's... characters... One of the characters is tasked with seducing the mountain. And he looks at this. He stand, Did you read this? No, I didn't. Okay. He stands at the bottom of the, the sort of brown-orange hill, and he yells, Hey, Mama, you like what you see? And then a big demon pops out of the ground after they whack him in the face uh, to give a blood, a blood sacrifice to the ground. It's, it's quite strange, but uh, I, <laughs> I really liked it. It was a little charming. Well, it wasn't, didn't, didn't break any huge ground, but I was really happy to see John McRae mm-hmm. and to see sort of what his art looks like now um, after, after sort of the last time I've seen it, which was a little while ago. How has it changed? <sighs> like, if you look at the beginning of Hitman, it's, it's not nearly as sort of um, clean and elegant as, as it is uh, at the end. Uh, and then this is, he's actually, it's very liney. It's very um, kind of rough looking, not in a bad way. Everything is where, where it needs to be. It's a little sketchy looking. It's got a lot of cross hatching going on. It almost, it's almost got elements of sort of early, uh, early Steve Dillon hmm, on, on Preacher. That's sort of line work. It's, it's really nice. It, it, looks, it looks a little like, like an older kind of comic. It's not as polished uh, in, in a fun way. And he gets to draw, you know, big crazy things and, uh, although he hasn't really started with that, but there's a couple of big monster demons. There's some sort of flying purple gorilla thing. Does he play drums? Nope. Well, then what good is he? I don't know. Does, we'll he, does he play bass? 
I don't. There was no music. There was no if musicianship. Gets, if he does play bass. He could get together with Sticks, mm-hmm. and they got a then they got a hook. It's, it's seriously. I love that issue. That is an awful, stupid name. But <laughs> but it's funny he, because it's bad. That's like kind of right, thing. Because he's a gorilla. Call he, himself. He doesn't know. Okay. Yeah, also, so his that's name fair. is Steck. Is it? Yeah. Okay. S T E. The line work uh, on this McRae stuff actually reminds me a lot of of Sean Murphy hmm. in in Chrononauts, which also came out this week. Well, I'll check that out, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I won't wait to get the trade. But if you do wait, you can get it at ifanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you get a lot of these image series. A lot of the ones we've been talking about for the last six months are now all coming out in trade. The second volume of Velvet is out or about to be out. And that's one of our favorite books. So you can find all those trades at Amazon. So when you go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, you make your purchases. After going through that link, we get a little piece of the action. No money out of your pocket, only money out of Amazon's pocket. And we all feel good about life for a little while anyway. For a little while. Uh, that's how you can help keep the show going. Also, by going to ifanboy.com slash registration, where for 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year, you can help us directly by becoming an iFanboy member. And also on that page, you can just make a donation. And if you're a crazy billionaire who wants to uh, throw us a cu- little bit of your, just your interest that you earn every month that you don't even notice, that would <laughs> help us out. So all those people who do all those things, including the crazy billionaires, we appreciate all of you uh, for helping us keep the show going. And we couldn't thank you enough. Now, one of the books I would recommend getting at Amazon would be Black Science, which issue 14 came out. And one of the things about Black Science has been that the main character, Grant McKay, has been an asshole Mm -hmm. for the whole run. And this is the issue where he decides he can no longer be an asshole. He has to be the hero his kids think he is. And he knows he's not. And he has to actually become that guy and save the day. And I really liked that turn. Because it's been hard uh, to follow the asshole mm-hmm. for this long. So it's nice to see that he finally realizes he needs to be a better person. Also, this is one of the issues I really liked because some t- sometimes the science gets a little heady and I start to lose my way. And also, uh, his wife, his mistress, and his daughter are all very physically similar. So I often lose track of which one's which. I have those issues as well. Oh, not the first one, but the second one uh, to a certain extent. I, years of training though has taught me that this guy finally decided to go the right way and he's going to do the thing he's supposed to. I'm like, well, he's dead. Well, I don't know if he can. Well, maybe. I guess no, he, I don't I, think so. Because if you read the if you read the the bit at the end that Rick wrote and some of the letters and stuff, like it, it sounds like this is the thing. This is the turning point that was going to happen. Right. Although, to be fair, I don't. I so I was reading that thinking like I don't want to know all this. Like, stop stop telling me. I don't well, want to. I, I didn't read it, so there. Yeah. You know, but uh, sorry, I no, just no, no, ruined no, no, it for no. you. It's fine. But I just I love the last page. You know, I thought it was a really fantastic last page. We've said we said enough about Matteo Scalera, who continues to not stop no matter what we say. He won't. He need, he needs to. Um, I'm gonna be what you it, always thought I was, Nate, a hero, and he flies off. I thought that was really great. I yeah. I, I will say like this week was for me like for image was just flinging art at us. Mm-hmm. Actually, everybody was to a certain extent. But you know, like we had a book from McRae and, and from Shalvi and Matteo Scalera and uh, Fiona Staples and new new uh, that Eric Kennedy book, uh, Run Love Kill came. I like I was like, jeez, that's that's a powerhouse. Uh, it was a good week of comics. It was really good. Um, so including yeah. So do you remember when I was reading Copperhead and I was like, ah, you know, I I think I can't keep reading this. Uh, sure. Let's say sure. sure. Let's go with that. Lady space cop. Sure. She's a lady space cop, and and she and she just wants to get a little. Well, we all do. She, but she could with the purple. I think he's purple. Is, he's there, like a, is there a biology misfire? They, they they can't actually do it, or 
She's no, no. They're home and they're they're intruders. Oh. She pissed off the wrong people, so she can't even get her a little of some. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. But I, I, you know, I like this. There's something sort of very simple about this. You know that sort of Deadwood, uh, Seth Bullock sort of thing where she's just, you know, she's tough. But she doesn't want to talk to anybody. She's mad about whatever happened, and nobody likes her. But she's actually pretty good at the job. But she's also trying to raise her kid. And uh, you know, it, there's. It's not, it's not blowing the doors off of anything, but it is charming, and I keep going back. Well, good. It looks good, too. It's a good-looking book. So this week, Thor number 8 revealed the identity of Lady Thor, and it was leaked online by some jerk, which led to Marvel announcing it on Tuesday. And I, don't, I avoided not, it. I'm not convinced it wouldn't have been announced anyway. That's usually Marvel's <laughs> MO. But uh, I, it was, the impact was lessened for me because I, I've known for like six months who it was. But what did you think? Uh, I, I saw that it was gonna. I saw people complaining that it had been leaked, so I I sort of tried to avoid it completely, and it was not spoiled. But at the end of the day, once I heard that, it just it, that choice seemed to make sense. Like I was like, yeah, it's pretty obvious that that's what it would be. Are and it gonna, was. So we're gonna say who it was, or are we not gonna? Say eh, we don't really need to. I don't think. When, you know, whatever. Anybody who's read it knows. So so why bother? Uh, but so- I think that. There were a lot of red herrings, obviously, the sure. whole time, which was clearly done on purpose um, and, and done well, I might add, you know. But after the first few, I began to not trust anything. So ultimately, the choice that was made made the most sense. And I, and I, I don't I, think I realized at the end of the last issue when Thor, the Odin son, showed up with all the ladies was that they were all the ladies he suspected of being Thor. That I was, don't think I did either. That was made clear here, in the, in, either in the beginning or... So he wasn't really helping her. He was just trying to get well, he Clark, was, he Clark was and Superman her. in a room. She was fighting the Destroyer, but he was basically getting all Clark and all the Supermen or Superman and all the Clarks into the room mm-hmm. to find out who it was. And it wasn't Freya, and it wasn't Scarlet Witch, and it wasn't uh, Spider-Woman or Captain Marvel or any of the other characters who are currently being done in the Marvel movies. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, his, uh, it wasn't Sif. And so it was... I, like, I thought the fight scene was great. I thought the artist continues to be really wonderful on this, the Russell Donovan art. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's really, he's, he's shooting up in the ranks. I liked, I liked what happened with Odin. Yes. Basically. Uh, and, and just the way that he, like, he realized that he couldn't do it, but he was kind of pissy about it. And he's like, ah, I can't kill my wife. Yeah, all right. All right, you win, but, you know, this isn't over. You haven't really won. This is I. It was good. Okay, I, I like the I like the way it's being done. There for some couples counseling. I'm not really sure what the ongoing threat or story is. Well, right I don't know now either because this. it stops for Battle World. Right. So Maybe they're. Yeah. We'll see what happens. That was the thing out of it that I think was sort of like there wasn't anything terribly compelling about like so. Okay, you revealed it now. Now what? Where where are we? What's going on? I don't really know. But that's sort of the line wide problem. Yeah. So we'll see. I guess what happens after Battle World's over. <laughs> It's, all of Marvel is Captain America, the first movie, Act 3. <laughs> so we're just going to dive this into the water? All right. Okay. Um, so this week, I want to mention Miss Marvel 15 briefly because the last time it was the pick of the week, it was all about her falling in love, and, and it was revealed since then that her, her new paramour is actually an inhuman, and not only an inhuman, but an evil inhuman who uh, wants her to use her powers to help subjugate people along with his other evil buddies. And uh, you tell me, Josh, in the other Inhuman books, are they currently living on a floating thing in the river? Yeah. Okay, much. so that's where Adelan is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not Adelan, Attilan, I don't know, whatever. whatever. 
it's not that anymore. I don't think, but I guess maybe it is. It's it's whatever. That's where their 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 kingdom is. It's it's hanging out in the, I guess the East River. I want to th- I want to say it's between Manhattan and Brooklyn. Well, I've got bad news for you, Josh. Mm. So in this issue, she's brought there under against her will to because she is also an inhuman to uh, to join sure. up with this this uh, clandestine group of inhumans who don't like the way things are going, which is exactly how what's happening on uh, Agents of Shield right now. And uh, she makes her escape. And with her buddy from high school, who she who manages to sneak his way onto the onto the floating ship or whatever it is, and they make their escape through the garbage chute. There's a really funny, you know. Reference. I don't care what you smell. Well, they basically they find the garbage chute, and he says, "All right, just say it." And he says, "Into the garbage chute, flyboy." And they jump in, and uh, are ejected into the water. So all of the inhuman trash is just being tossed into the river, Josh. What the hell? Just right into the river. So they're out, so it's Gowanus. <laughs> we're all Gowanus soon enough, but the Inhumans are just dumping their trash into the river. No recycling. Hell? I feel like someone in the Inhumans has the power to turn the trash into matter or something. I agree. Break it down. No, just dumping their trash Throw into it the in river. Oh, the face of the the transdimensional gate guy. Right. That would actually be really fun. Hey. And just throw like a empty milk oh. carton at his face, and then it just really irks me, Josh. Your your inhuman friends are ruining the planet. You know what's funny is I have actually been reading this book since you made a pick of the week, but I missed this one for whatever reason because mm-hmm. I'm just not in the habit of getting it. I don't think. Right. Um, yeah, but that's that's. It sounds like it's a. It's what's cool about it is it does sound like there's like a big world of things that are all happening together at the same time. Yes, I do like. Which that. I think is neat. Yeah. Uh, works well. But doesn't, I'm not it ha- does not help that they're they're they're. They're toxic, and they're no good for us. Well, I saw... I keep knocking things over. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I saw last week a real story that said that there's actually... It was like a sanitation worker. It's like, there's actually no recycling going on in this city. And I thought that's... (laughs) I I would not be surprised. That's not surprising, but it's... I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It makes me sad. Well, I used to wonder why all the bags went in the same truck. (laughs) Wait a minute. How do you know? Oh. It only takes the smallest of, of, of just sort of outward appearances to make everybody just feel better about themselves. Yeah. Okay, I've, I've recycled. That's fine. Birthright number seven won the most shocking moment of the week award for me in which uh, the older brother takes a shotgun blast in the midst of their escape. And uh, I, that's all I really wanted to say. I saw it coming on that third to last page where she got the gun up and I was like, Oh, the brothers, the, the well, the little brother is what I would have said, but he is the older brother. Like, oh, he's going to get killed or shot or something. He's not killed. No, but he's, uh, he's really he's, badly hurt. He's Boyd Crowder wounded. He is. He took it in the ribs. Boyd Crowder got hit, got shot in the heart twice in the course of that series, <laughs> and he didn't die. So, Well, his heart is three times smaller than a normal heart. Well, <laughs> He's a Grinch. Surely. I think that's good. That has to happen. You have to keep giving this this barbarian guy all these reasons to feel bad about what he's doing, give him conflict, and I like that. There's a his girlfriend or whatever from the other time is there. She, she's she's pregnant, pregnant with his baby, right? Mm-hmm. I assume chasing him, and I like, there's a lot of fun things going on right now. But for me, it was all about the cliffhanger, in which uh, ac- the guy accidentally shot by the girl he had a crush on, mm-hmm. made it doubly worse. Because he still kind of like her, even though she shot you with a shotgun. <laughs> yes. Yes, he will. I know it's I'm like, bleeding, but like, you know, you want to hang out later? Or, well, know. he's right now, he's thinking, oh, this is going to really suck, but I can use this. <laughs> I can at least get one date out of this. <laughs> yeah. I don't see how you can turn me down. I mean, although that's a great scene also that you can, you can write. Uh, this continues to be a really great book, Birthright. Yep. Number yep. seven. 
So those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. Go to ifanboy.com, find the post for this show, talk about those books or other books you read. Tell us what you thought of this week's comics over at ifanboy.com. And we have some more emails, Josh. We do have emails. Uh, Adam M. writes in, movie question. Ooh. At the end of Age of Ultron, Tony Stark kind of references that he's going to take a break for a while. And he just says it. Uh, while Captain America is starting to train this new group of Avengers within S.H.I.E.L.D., do you think they will throw in a twist with the upcoming Civil War movie and have Cap push for registration? The reason I ask is it seems like Cap has been set up for more of a soldier in the MCU. Most of the new cast of Avengers have some sort of military background. War Machine, Black Widow, Falcon, Cap, Scarlet Witch, and Vision are the only two who did not. Separate those last two names. Um, Lastly, most of his Avengers identities are known uh, publicly or by S.H.I.E.L.D., especially after Cap sees how dangerous someone like Stark can be, someone who who has no one to report to, who does what he wants and doesn't consider the consequences, I think would be an interesting new view that can play true to the way the MCU is going. Any thoughts? I completely disagree. Because if you, lo- if you remember in Winter Soldier, uh, Cap is all against totalitarianism in the government. And that because is... he fought the Nazis. But, all, but with S.H.I.E.L.D., that was his whole thing, right? He said you don't... You, people aren't guilty before they do commit the crime. Mm-hmm. And... They've already set him up as someone who will fight his own government if he thinks they're overreaching. And so that is at the crux of the conflict in Civil War. Now, Civil War isn't and can't be a a complete replication of what happened in the comics, just like Age of Ultron was not a replication of what happened in the comics. It's just a title. Now, they're going to use it as a way of splitting the team up. But also, in, in this movie, Age of Ultron, you already had the conflict of Tony Stark wanting to control the world basically with his suits and prevent all mm-hmm. crime and war and cap Play pushing God. and cap pushing back against that. They've already set it up. It's already happened. They're, they've already set up Tony as the guy who wants to use his technology to put a suit around the world as he said and cap who's already said I don't like, you know, freedom being taken away. It, it was all in the trailers even if you didn't see the movie. It was, you know, so they've already set it up. They've already set up the classic showdown, I think. And then, you know, just to, to go ahead and be the big cynic in the world, there was practical reason for a lot of these changes and that they, you know, they, they can't keep bringing these actors back. You know, like some of them, you know, they've got them signed to certain contracts, uh, but they're going to go for lower tier Avengers and have them come back for a few movies and stuff. And I don't know if you noticed Tony Stark starting to, starting to look a little older in that. I don't think he's not going to want to play that forever. There are practical considerations on top of you know so why these changes are being made. Um, I, don't, I don't think that relates to what he's you don't think about. that. No, what not, he, not, not what in terms about. of having a new Avengers team. Well, he's just saying that the new Avengers team is all made up of mostly military people, so he thinks that Cap side will be the pro registration side. That's all. Yeah, I doubt that happens. I don't. I just don't think. Set I, it up I do that think. Way. I do think that the specifics of the comic book so- story Civil War are not so important. No, it's just it's just a way of the schism between Cap and Tony. That's all it's going to be. So what? I mean, it could be a completely different thing. Also, the I mean, the difference in the comic books and this is that if it's based on registration, there isn't. They haven't really set up the idea that there are lots of superhumans everywhere. Right. Like that, it's a thing. I think it's less about registration, more about being an extension of the government, mm-hmm. which I think also, even though Cap is. A, a soldier in training at the government facility, I don't think he's going to like being... To- I can see him being told to go on missions that he finds morally questionable mm-hmm. and or he feels like it's only to pr- to protect government interests or business, and he's not liking that. I can see that being more about that kind of thing than registration. 
I feel like they kind of did that in Winter Soldier to a certain extent, but it turned out that because everyone was being controlled by Hydra. Right. So they're going to have to reach to do something that's that's different, really. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that they haven't already kind of done that. Well, it's it, it, that could be the foundation, right? So it's I, it's like uh, I see us going down the same path Hydra went down, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. And then Tony's like, "Well, let's just put a suit around the world," and then they fight. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the end, in the end they'll fight, though, right? Oh, they'll definitely fight. Okay, as long as they fight, that's, that's all that really matters. <laughs> it's going to be the more interesting thing for me is how they're going to introduce Spider-Man, and not have it be like, "Hey, where's this kid been the whole time?" Mm-hmm. But so that's I'm looking forward to it. Avengers 2.5 because all the Avengers are in it. I knew you would have thoughts. I totally <laughs> I planted that for you. I was like, I don't know. Here is an email from Dave in Denver, Colorado. He says, I just read the new minimum wage thanks to Josh's recommendation. It reminds me of the old subversive comics with my dad's from the 70s. R. Crumb, Zap, Freddy's Cat, etc. I feel like those types of comics ceased to exist for a long time, which is sad because the medium really offers artists and writers more freedom than any other, in my opinion. Anyway, Bob Fingerman's work is really a great example of how comics can tell a story of one person's perspective on life that I don't think would ever be told in film. Or would work in prose. What do you guys think? With all the independent publishing going on, is there going to be a revitalization of this kind of first-person subversive narrative, or has it been around all along and I just missed it? First of all, I was really, really happy to get this question because I, I feel like I've been like you sold one copy, Josh. Whatever, whatever it takes. I'm really glad that somebody out there picked it up and was happy with it. I'm being, I'm not being snarky there. I'm being happy for you. Yeah. Um. So that's great. Uh, At the at the at the one, you know, the one thing that we always like to do is to introduce people to comics that they didn't know about that they enjoy. That's great. And respect for women. And respect for women, obviously. Uh, <laughs> thought we weren't going to do that anymore. I know. You're sitting right there. <laughs> um, now, the rest of it, I think, is a I little off, off base. I don't know why the story could be told in film. It they're, could. They're told all the time in film. Yeah, but that brings us to the idea of, of where the film industry is and, and what kind of movies get made. It obviously could, but... But indep- small, independent yes, stuff. Yes, it would, it would be that. And it does. And I, I really love those kinds of movies also. Uh, and they exist. They're harder to find. I think every once in a while they come out in spurts. Like, there'll be a bunch of them. Early 2000s, there were a lot of movies like that. And then there wasn't any for a while. And they sort of come and, and go. Um, but, it kind of culminated in that Harvey Pekar movie, actually. I don't um, know if these comics are still being made or not. I don't... And I'm not so prepared to say thing. they aren't. I don't know if they are. He said, with all the independent publishing going on, and it, what that stuck out to me is because it used to be that, that a comic like Minimum Wage was what people thought of as an independent comic. Yes. If you said an independent comic, that is what it would have been. It's a guy... It's a guy. What am I talking about? It's a dirty it's black a guy. and white cart, you know, yeah. self, self-examining uh, mm-hmm. Cartoonist, story. inward-looking... That you know, there used to be tons of them, and they were not all good. But that was the thing, and now the idea of what an independent comic is has changed so much, and the idea of self-publishing has changed so much that if they are getting made, I don't see them, or they're getting lost. I suspect that a lot of things like this, if they still exist, are being done on the web, mm-hmm. published somewhere. But I also suspect that generationally young cartoonists are not doing this kind of thing in the same way that... Crumb and I think that was a very 70s and 80s yes, thing. Yes, it's I, basically think, what I'm getting at. Think about when we were at Graphically and we're seeing all the people submitting their books. I didn't see a lot of these kind of books. I saw a lot of genre no. books. I saw a yes. lot of horror, a lot of superhero riffs, vampires, 
and uh, you know action books. I didn't see a lot of you know Chromebooks or Fingerman yeah. books. I didn't see those yeah, books. Absolutely, and that that's that's kind of the thought. Like I feel like young cartoonists today don't seem to be as interested in doing that, and I don't know if that's because it. It's pretty cliche for a while. It played itself out to a certain extent. Or they didn't and have then, the influences. They didn't. They didn't have the influences. Also, that commercially, it's not all that viable. Yeah, they probably weren't it before, though. I mean, you know, there's always going to be another. Um, you know, there could always be another fun home, right? Or, or you know, something like that. It's possible. You know, that those were the, and those were the last big successes. Like and those things Bechdel tend or, to happen in OGNs by bigger name people. You don't tend yeah. to get the. Uh, I tend to think of the kind of books where you hold it and the ink comes off in your fingers. Like, that's how yeah. sort of low rent they were. Yeah. You know, and I don't see, see those, really. No, and we, we don't see them very often. So when we do, it's, it's good. I mean, you can still... I was trying to think, who is the guy? There's a bunch of guys from that old class who are still making comics, but they just don't come out as often. When they do, it's like a big deal. I think it's Chester Brown did a book, uh, I want to say four or five years ago, about, about him and prostitutes. Hmm sort of like that right like those books still exist and those guys are still making work just not as often because they're 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 older and i hope they're out there and i just don't know about them like so i you know that's an awesome thing if people know about stuff like that and they want to put in the comments i'd love to read about it but that you know we don't we don't see them they don't come across our desk all that often i don't see them at shows but then again i mean i don't really look or (laughs) don't go to shows go anymore (laughs) <laughs> but I, I, but no, but I, when I had like we were at WonderCon, I didn't see a lot of that at Artist Alley. I saw a lot of genre stuff. It's genre stuff. It's high concept. It's yeah. it's stuff that people think that they can sell, mm-hmm. you know, to a mass audience or for you know, uh, transmutation into other media. Transmedia. Yeah, transmedia. Moving on, Dave. Different Dave. Different Dave. Different is not the same Dave. We have two Daves. On the last week of Dave Letterman. In response to Josh's shameless solicitation for art questions, I took about a good nine hours to think about it and came up with the following. Good work. Nice. If you were, if you, <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, it's not huge, but it's, uh, you know, it's a good start. It's significant. Don't be patting yourself on the back different, Dave. You have more <laughs> thinking to do. Go on. <laughs> In response to Josh's shameless solicitation for art questions, I took about nine, nine good hours to think about it and came up with the following. If you were commissioning a comic jam piece today, which characters, 5 to 10, would you request, and which artist would you seek out for each character? <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Um, there's a lot of characters to put on us, different Dave. Let's see. Uh, let's go with 5. 5 is good. Yeah. Let's, let's nail that down. So, so the jam piece is when you have a different, like the headshots. Jason Wood does them a lot. So you have like those headshots. Mm-hmm. On one page, and you get different artists to draw them. So, like a roster, you do like a team or something. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so basically, name five characters and the artists that you would want to drive to draw those five characters. Oh, that's that's rough. It's Let's... it's it is. And I I hate to say it, but I tend to not be the kind of person who would want to mix things up. Like if uh, I'm more uh, likely to do a sketchbook of one character and have different people draw them. Like that's a very popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm more likely mm-hmm. to do that. But if or to really... get a guy to do like his signature character, right? You know, like if if uh, if I was if I was talking to Steve Dillon, I would be like, "Could you please draw Cassidy for me?" Which is what I did when I got a sketch from Steve Dillon. <laughs> Didn't we all or, do that? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, Ron got soap, but that's because he doesn't know <laughs> soap from uh, from the Punisher <laughs> series. I would do the Satellite Era Justice League. 
Oh, that's awesome. So like the the bronze era Justice League, and uh, the problem is matching the character. I don't know that I would seek out a certain artist for each one. I would just see who was available and then figure out which one I wanted to draw. Or maybe they had a favorite. You know what? You're right. I would totally have one character. Right? That seems more fun. I would do a Captain America book. That's what I would do. Different interpretations is, is a fun thing to see for me mm-hmm. anyway. I would, yeah. That's, that's what I, would, I would have a Captain America book, and I would have Tom Fowler do one, and I would have Gabe Hardman do one, and I would have Mateo Scalera do one, and I would have... Uh, there's so many. There's <laughs> just so many people. Jack Kirby? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, I would totally have. Yes, if I could have anything, I would have Captain America done by Jack Kirby. That's true. <laughs> That's, I'm not going to argue with that. That's totally a thing, although I don't think he's working currently. No? Oh, right. uh, like, who would you put on your Justice League? The I, like, characters? No, what artist would you want to do That's, that? It's hard. Like, you want a, you want a, a Giffen? Or not uh, a Giffen? Uh, I don't even need error specific. I just like those. I like that those versions of the characters so i would just you know see who's around and what it's it's hard to because i don't really know who's doing commissions and what or who or it's not it's not that just think of a, a guy who's who's drawing comics right now currently still well, i want to get a somni somebody yeah i'm gonna captain america from somni i'd like you know a gabe hardman one i like the sort of cleaner line stuff especially with that era team but it's always fun to also see different interpretations so yeah It'd be funny. That's always the, the first answer to everything of who would you get art from. It would be, it would be Fowler. Right. Um, Fowler does the best commissions in the industry, I think. Yeah. Oh, totally. I would get, I mean, I would get Darwin to do <laughs> Right. <laughs> it doesn't, like, uh, the character almost is secondary, so I would choose characters that I really like or characters that they're really known for. You know, if I ran into John McRae somewhere, I'd be like, please do Tommy Monahan for me. Well, that's why um, you need to do the character-specific one. Mm-hmm. Or do a Tommy Monahan book. See, that would be pretty boring because he's just a dude in a jacket with sunglasses. There's not a ton that you can do with that. You should do a you book. A me book? Yeah. No, I, I got myself drawn Please by a pro. Draw me. That was enough. And I want to be handsome and riding a tiger. Yeah. I want to be Vladimir Putin. <laughs> so, Basically what you're getting at. That's tough. I mean, that, those, that's probably the jam piece I would do. I just The artist question is much harder because I would have to... I but you must have artists who you would love to have work in your home from. And, and this is, you know, anybody who's still alive and can hold a pen, basically. So if I said to you, Bill Sienkiewicz. Sure. Like, there's, or, the thing is, like, anyone. It's basically anyone. I know, but you must have, you must have favorites. You must have, uh, 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 who's, our, who's, our, who's our ailing Batman artist who did our uh, Norm Brave Folk? Well, but he's, he's sick. I know. But, you may you know, be sad. Like, uh, I, always, I, would, uh, I always think you would pick I him immediately. McGuire, you know. There you go. Dish out a thousand dollars for Adam Hughes? Probably not. Um, really? Oh, okay. I'll, I don't know how much he charges. Up, you put Adam Hughes up there? Yeah, he's one of my he's one of my all time favorite artists. Really? Yeah. He doesn't ever do anything, so we don't ever talk about him. So it's no, hard it's to, true. Hard but to like from when I was that. younger, he he did a run on Giffen's Justice League, and like that, at that time, he was sort of the next kind of McGuire type. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just he stopped doing <gasps> interior. I find it, it's interesting because with so many artists and newer artists coming through our our you know, field of view so often, I, I, there's so many that it's, it's difficult to yeah. access the ones that haven't worked in a while, you know, or, or haven't, haven't seen their work in a while. You right. know, that, that, that's, that's important, but I think there are certain, there are definitely certain people, you know, who, who, who stand out. I almost want to say Ramon Perez, uh, mm-hmm. but, but he's, he's maybe top 10, but not five. Well, this uh, makes me wish that all those years we were going to eight shows a year that we had, I had done a sketch character sketchbook because mm-hmm. even back then it wasn't, and this is a d- 
somewhat dickish to say it wasn't super pricey. You know, we were not. We were. We were. We were podcasting for a living. That's a consideration <laughs> to make. We were. We were broke then. <laughs> so like, and it wasn't back then. It wasn't as. Remember when I realized that Gabe Harbin's prices had gone way up, and I didn't never got that Batman Robin drawing he had. That was a sad day. But you know, that would have been a fun thing to do. Would have been to get that sketchbook. Yeah. Done. But oh well, didn't happen. The thing about a sketchbook is that I don't like. It's a lot of work. Said it. It lives in the book. Yeah. Well, you can always cut the pages out. I know, but I'd rather. I mean, like this thing, I wouldn't even use that as a thing. I would. I like how they do commissions now. Like you basically, you pay, and I think it's completely fair. You pay for the level of artwork which you you totally. get, and then you have a piece that you can do something. That's why. That's why I said Fowler before. But I mean, every time he does one of those, like it's interesting, imaginative. It's colored. He he he's not just drawing a figure. Like he he you know it's right. like a gag or something. No, they're great. It. You're really. I mean, you're getting a much better. Yeah, we we first started going to shows in 2000, 2001. You they didn't charge for sketches, but you got a quick ballpoint pen it's profile like, shot, profile yeah. shot of somebody. And well, that's it. And now you get a full on art piece. You pay for it, but you get a, a piece you can frame, and then it's great. Yeah. That's a really um, one of the great things about the industry. Mm-hmm. So thanks, yeah, different Dave. Yeah, I don't know if we answered your question directly, but we, you, know, we can do. You, got, you got something. All right. You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Tell us who you are and tell us where you're from. Dave did it. Different Dave didn't do it. Neither did Adam. So gold star for Dave in Denver. <laughs> uh, we'll plug the Avengers Age of Ultron podcast one more time. We'd, uh, one last time. Me and Josh and Ron, the original iFanboy trio, got together to talk about Avengers Age of Ultron. We had three distinctly different opinions on the movie. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and 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 I don't think you could be like, oh, you hated it, you loved it, you well, you loved it. I loved it, yeah, I saw it again. But I didn't hate it. I just, you know, I'm being me. What, what do you want? I'm being me. I gotta be Josh. It was a good show. I thought. So, uh, if you haven't seen the film yet and wanted to hear the podcast on it, go over to ifanboy.com or check your local podcast provider. It, it feels like it came out forever ago and it was a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Normally things are moving. So quickly does, does pop, I think it's been two weeks, so quickly does pop, pop media move that, uh, that it's just like, oh, that was forever ago. Right. They've so, written so many think pieces and, 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 and fan speculations about it now that... Choke on the think pieces. So yeah. I don't think we're doing another one again until Ant-Man, which is in the summertime. <sighs> you don't have to do that one. It's, it, just, it, does, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't excite me either. Don't you worry. I don't think it excites anybody. So go to iFanboy.com. You can find that show. You can comment on this show, any of our old podcasts, all of our old contents there. You can find all kinds of stuff. You can lose yourself for hours on iFanboy.com. You can talk about this week's books. You can find our other shows. And you can go to iFanboy.com slash iFanboy and at iFanboy on Twitter to find out what the pick is going to be before the show airs. That way you can follow us along. Uh, and you can also follow us individually at J.A. Finnegan at C.S. Kilpatrick. If you like us, or not, I suppose that's your prerogative. You can review us in iTunes. There used to be other places to review things that matter, but there don't. Apple is the overlord now, so you can go there. And you, can, you can rate it numerically, or you can write a, a written uh, description of your feelings for our product. That's helpful. Um, if you want to do that, thank you very much. Or better yet, uh, if you want to spread the word however possible, you're going to share links, tell people you like the show. This week, Whitney Matheson on Mental Floss, I believe, put us on a list of, of the 19 best comics podcasts out there, which was awesome. Um, so if you run a large media conglomerate and you want to do a story about our show, also cool. 
That would be awesome. Not, sure, not a large media conglomerate, but either way. You know, but but that's really the hand-to-hand word of mouth that, that helps us the most, and, and that's what um, we always appreciate. So thank you. All right, Josh. Good job. Thank you. you thank you. Together, you held it together. I appreciate that validation there. <laughs> it's been it's been a long week. It has been a long week, but now, th- long week. now there's nothing but sleep. You can go straight to hell. <laughs> I had a sick dog, man. I'm sorry. Former iFanboy, uh, former iFanboy uh, podcast host Paul Montgomery also had a sick dog this week. So uh, feels go out to him. Would you say your dog is sick or non-sick more? He actually hasn't been sick in a long time. He used to get like he would have. We would have one serious medical medical issue about once a year, and it's been about two years. Hmm. So and it's always like a weird thing from out of nowhere. Like he, he got allergies and he suddenly got very itchy. And then in response to the medicine we gave him from being suddenly itchy, and suddenly itchy means we didn't sleep that night. That's how much he wouldn't relax. And then after that, then then the medicine gave him uh, upset stomach. We'll call it. So we didn't sleep the next night either. That kind of thing. Well then, but it's all good. That was a little maybe too a much. A little more than people wanted, maybe. Yeah. Well, there it was. People love to talk about their pets and kids. They do. My son is just about to walk. He's well, right cool. there. Maybe yeah. you can ride the dog. I'm talking about the five-year-old. He's <laughs> going to have it soon. <laughs> soon. Um, Fingers crossed. Whew. All right. That, the dog's back is bad, for one thing. Right, I can't. Okay. He's, got, he's got intervertebral disc disease, so that's a problem. <laughs> he really does. Wow. Right. We're actually friends with our vet. She's one of my, like, her son is one of my son's best friends. It's great. We just text her stuff. I, I, I'll be honest. I checked out five minutes ago. That's fine. That's I, I don't know what's going on. But uh, until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Are you sure? He's on special food is the thing. It's a hydrolyzed protein uh, that has no allergy. It's probably cheap, right? It. It's not cheap. It's, it's not. Don't ever get a bulldog. Bulldog.